I want to turn our attention right now, though, to uh, an important conversation that I think really the, the Olympics have brought back to the forefront, and that concerns gender and fairness in sport. Now, there are at these Tokyo Olympics uh, a number of transgendered athletes who are competing. And uh, one of them is about to, to win a medal. We'll find out, I guess, tomorrow whether it's uh, gold or silver. Uh, but on Canada's uh, Olympic soccer team, women's team, um, Canadian soccer player Quinn is about to make history as the first transgender non-binary athlete to win an Olympic medal. Quinn is one of three transgender and non-binary athletes competing at these games. Uh, we obviously have in the weightlifting competition, there's been a lot of attention on this Laurel Hubbard. It's the first openly transgender Olympic weightlifter. Now, there are, and, and for a reason, obviously, separate categories for male athletes and female athletes. So I think for Canadians, you know, there's, there's a balance there, right, in recognizing the biological realities that necessitate those categories and also wanting to be accepting and supportive of transgendered in individuals, right, and, and their realities. The McDonald laurier Institute uh, held a panel conversation uh, on this yesterday in conjunction with some new polling that they released. So, for example, about 56% of Canadians believe that men and women should compete separately from each other. So recognizing that situation, Canadians uh, also believe that it is unfair for transgender athletes to compete in women's events. So, th I mean, that's, that's obviously more where, where the concern lies on that side of it. Does someone who was biologically born a male uh, but has transitioned to female have a an inherent advantage over other female athletes. Now, there are some requirements uh, with regard to hormones, uh, hormone treatments, etc., for someone who has gone through that, that transition. But, you know, it's certainly, I think, something Canadians uh, have some, some concerns about. So, like I say, it was uh, uh, an interesting topic of conversation for this panel yesterday with the McDonald-Laurier Institute. More, by the way, McDonald-Laurier.ca. You can find more of the polling and uh, watch some of the panel conversation. One of the participants of that panel joins us on the line here this morning to talk more about these issues. Linda Blade is a sport performance coach, president of Athletics Alberta, and part of this uh, panel on sex, gender, and fairness in women's sports. Uh, Linda, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. Good to be here. You know, so like I say, I mean, th these are important issues. These are wide-ranging issues, and I, I think there's, there's a lot to, to balance here. I mean, just sort of generally your thoughts on, on where you see the conversation at right now. I think the the problem is that the policy around surrounding sport and inclusion and um, eligibility is really all over the map. Um, and so what we need to have is a conversation that sort of looks at balancing safety, because if you're in a contact sport with a male athlete and you're a female, uh, your chances of spinal injury and head injuries goes up 20 to 30%. So we have to be sure about the safety issue. And then we have the fairness issue, whether somebody is bringing a competitive advantage to the sporting activity. And then finally, we also need to understand and, and profile inclusion and how and what that looks like and how we balance that with the other two variables. 
Right. And I, I think the idea of balance does resonate with Canadians. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think clearly there's, there's support for recognizing the realities of, of transgendered individuals and not excluding them from athletic competition, but still at the same right. time recognizing, you know, some of these important issues and mm-hmm. encouraging women in sport. And, and, you know, as you say, even when it comes to protecting female athletes. So mm-hmm. are we still looking for that balance? Have we maybe not quite found it yet? We haven't found it yet. I'm not sure that it can be found completely without, uh, you know, leaving somebody out. But here, here's what I do want to distinguish. There's two, yeah. t- two directions for trans, right? There's a female who identifies as something else, and then there's male who identifies as, as, as a woman. Um, Quinn is a female. Let me make sure that everybody's clear about this. In soccer tonight or tomorrow, whenever you're watching, Quinn is female athlete, female born, playing on a female team in a female sport. There's nothing wrong with that. We celebrate their diversity. If they want to be called them, that's fine. Like nobody, nobody's against that. And in fact, if we allowed males, the other direction, the trans, like the male born athlete competing in the women's sport, Quinn wouldn't even be there because since Quinn is female, the male presence would knock Quinn out. So we, we're fighting even for the trans identifying female. You know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah. so we need to figure out how to be fair. Even if it was only the trans community competing, we would still have to look at biological sex and the realities of the male versus the female body. Right, and and so and, and you know it's interesting. And Canadians obviously understand and see the need to have separate men's competitions and, and mm-hmm. women's competitions, right? And I don't think anyone's really seriously proposing that we just de- erase all of that. But oh no, they are. You do need to emphasize. Rob, let, Rob, oh, let me tell really? you. Let me okay. let me correct. Let's back you there. up a second here. Go ahead, please. Yes. No, because the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport is specifically saying and specifically pushing on all of our sports associations that we should have completely no mitigation at all necessary complete self-id in sport you can come you can not only identify into whatever sport and category you want but you can actually change from one season to the next so you could be a, a male like let's say a hockey player on a men's team one season and then compete with the females the next season and go back and forth because gender is fluid this wow. is the policy that the canadian center for ethics and sport is pushing on sports associations and Canadians don't realize. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. No, you're. I think you're right. So, I mean, technically, we would still have men's hockey, women's hockey, for example, but th- those distinctions would kind of become meaningless. Well, then. it'd be blurred. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So well, we have to contend with this, and we have not been allowed to have this conversation. 
Anytime anybody differs with that most extreme proposed policy, we get shut down. And so I really appreciate what the McDonald-Laurier Institute did here because this conversation desperately needs to happen. Yeah, it does. So so let's go back to that point. And I I want to emphasize this because, and again, I think the poll reflects that that most Canadians see the need for having women's sports and and ensuring that there's there's space for women to compete in these sports and to exceed and and excel in these sports. So maybe let's reiterate the case for everybody so we understand it here, why it's so important to ensure that that we have women's sports. It's important because the male physiology is different than the female physiology. We're completely two different designs. You know, you have different design race cars. That's why you have different race car categories. This happens in sport all the time. Like even look at sailing in the Olympics, you have different sailboats, different. So the female body is a different design than the male body. And the male body, that, that gives the male body an advantage of anywhere from 10% in, in the uh, advantage in running up to 160% advantage in punching. So there are, there's a whole range of advantages depending on the sport. But when, um, according to the International Olympic Committee uh, policy, when, when a trans-identifying male, male, a male-born person who identifies as a woman, wants to compete with women and takes, let's say, reduces their testosterone, it only reduces that maybe 5% or so. So it doesn't erase the advantage at all. So, right, that, that's important to point out that the, there are some of those expectations. So that might reduce that advantage, but it, it yeah, doesn't eliminate bit. it then. No, right. not at all. In fact, it, you know, any any normal like citizen, just think about it. If you have grown up as a male for 35 years and you have a bigger heart, bigger lungs, longer limbs, bigger, you know, stronger, broader shoulders. I mean, reducing the testosterone in your body temporarily is not going to make your lungs smaller, your heart smaller, your bones shorter. I mean, once the effect has happened to the body, uh, it's impossible to reverse that effect. So what do you see as as a a feasible solution to this? Well, it was in the in the uh, McDonaldLaurier.ca in that poll. It really did show what most of us have been saying. I think if they were going to go this direction and recognize you know, if there's going to be a social recognition of trans in sport, which there should be. I mean, obviously, we want everybody involved. We need to probably arrive at the following binary solution. If it's going to remain binary, we can talk about separate categories in another time. But if it's going to remain binary, we need to have a female-only category and an open category. And I think that would maximize inclusion, but also ensure safety and fairness for female athletes. Yeah, that's what the survey showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that sounds reasonable. So mm-hmm. uh, this conversation, I, I think, will continue. Obviously, you know, the Olympics has brought a lot of this to, to the forefront. I mean, but as you mm-hmm. say, there, there are a lot of emotional and political issues that surround this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to, to address these issues with governing bodies. I think they're sensitive about this. So you know, as much as Canadians, I think, understand some of these issues here, are, are you... I mean, are you optimistic that we'll be able to, going forward, have a, a meaningful if engagement around us? Yeah, you know, if we're allowed to have this conversation, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll calm down a little bit and just say, you know, I, I just really believe that if we're allowed to talk 
logically like you're doing right now and, and, and really have the topic open for discussion and not make everybody feel like they're being hateful or whatever, I really think we can come to a very good solution on this, these matters. Maybe there has to be a third or fourth category. Fine, let's talk about it. But but right now, because the, you know everybody's so afraid, everybody's so afraid to talk about this in Canada, and it really has to happen. I, I recently published a book on it, Unsporting. You can find it at unsporting.com. And, you know, basically, I've just identified what has happened with this extremist position. And then what happens in Canada, you have an extreme policy proposal, and then the the, the conversation gets shut down. So then we cannot have a, a, a free and open dialogue on where we can find maybe a balance. All right. As I mentioned, that book is called Unsporting. Uh, much more at athleticsalberta.com and uh, much more as well mm-hmm. on the poll and the panel yesterday, mcdonaldlaurier.ca. So some important issues there. Linda, we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us mm-hmm. here today. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thank you. All Bye. the best. There you go. That's uh, Linda Blade, as mentioned, um, uh, sport performance coach, president of Athletics Alberta, was part of this McDonald Laurier Institute panel conversation yesterday and uh, has co-authored a book on, uh, on some of these issues called Unsporting, as mentioned. So, yeah, look, I, again, I think Canadians, and this this poll reflects it, yes, Canadians, should there be separate male and female sports categories? The majority say yes. When you ask Canadians, does it seem unfair to have somebody who was born biologically male competing against those who were born biologically female? Canadians say, yes, that is unfair. Now, at the same time, this poll reflects it that, you know, there is support and sympathy for transgendered individuals in their own situation, in their own reality. Again, those who have been born female and have transitioned to male or identify as male, there's no issue there when it comes to sport. It's not a problem. For the most part, nobody cares. But I think at the same time, we can't ignore the needs and the realities of female athletes and why there exist in sports categories for, for female athletes, as is the case at the Olympics, as we see in you know, sports organizations across the country.